Additive manufacturing has evolved considerably in the course of the last decade from being purely a prototyping technology and now pushing the envelope for serial production. Have the marketing strategies and narratives changed with the growth of this technology? We find out in this episode of AIM Infocast with Fedor Antonov and Suzanne Troutman. They share their roadmap for promoting and building awareness, demystifying the hype around additive manufacturing marketing and their views on the post-pandemic marketing strategies. Tune in as they share their top five takeaways for companies in the additive manufacturing domain to incorporate in their marketing strategies. Welcome to AM Infocast, Fedor and Suzanne. Great to have you here on this episode and great to have you here and talk about the marketing strategies and how do we take additive manufacturing into the next wave. So it's welcome both of you. Thanks for the invite. Uh, I'm excited to be here with Fedor. Hi, Ditya. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm also very happy to be here and to discuss these important topics with you today. So great. So let's dive into the subject straight away. What I would like to start with today is what is the right approach to promote or build awareness for a disruptive technology like additive manufacturing? Because it needs a different approach and it's a bit tricky to do it like other technologies. So is there is there a right approach you would recommend to build and promote awareness for this technology? Um, I'm happy to take um, the start here. I'm not sure if there is a right approach, but uh, let me share the approach <laughs> that I'm using. And first of all, let's discuss the nature of disruptive technologies, because I think what they have in common, they are constantly evolving. And what this means um, for their target audiences um, they have a difficult time to keep track of innovation, mergers and acquisitions, and product launches in the marketplace. And therefore, I think all AM companies need to start to guide their target audience a bit better. To market disruptive technologies, I think all industry players need to be able to do at least three things. The first one is to identify who is my key audience that needs my technology. And then second, make them understand how the technology um, actually adds value to them. And then third, build trust by proving that it works. The fastest way to do that, in my perspective, is that you become a thought leader in your niche. Um, and to become a thought leader, you need to make communication a clear priority in your whole team. And this is not common yet in the AM space, because I think a lot of people here don't like to share their expertise yet, most of them are always in sales mode, always selling their benefits and features. But I think this is a kind of last century, last century kind of thinking, very traditional. I think that we need a new mindset that is about building purposeful relationships, connecting with clients and prospects on a more emotional level. And I have a three-step process um, I would recommend everyone to start the first step is to identify the topics that you want your brand to be closely connected with. So ask yourself, what are the topics that my company or that I am an authority on? And then the second step is to really get to know your audience. Where are they? What motivates and inspires them? What questions are they asking? And once you know all these things, you can begin by answering their questions uh, with thought leadership content. The third step is then building a true connection to your audience. You need to start to share your knowledge and give them something for nothing, basically. And by sharing your insights um, with your audience without any strings attached, you give 
people a reason to trust you. This is the principle of thought leadership. When you let go of the need to promote yourself and your company and focus on providing actual real life value to people who matter most to, to you, then you will start to earn their trust. And by showing them that you are an expert in the industry and by speaking intelligently on specific in industries, you slowly will gain exposure. The, the thing is the more high quality information you put in, the more people will begin to associate you with a particular pain point. Um, and um, Fedor, I think, is a very, very good example for that because he already started to build authority in a very, very specific niche. And um, in this three-step process, Fedor did that kind of resemble what you did and how you started out. Yeah, I just want to... Uh... Also, add a little bit. First, I totally agree. And then uh, what I wanted to also add to this is that um, additive manufacturing is, uh, is a new market and it's fast growing market. It's emerging market. And it means that the first of all, uh, we need to grow the audience, grow the market as a whole. Yeah. And then we, and after that, uh, when the market is big enough, then we can start uh, selling into it in the more traditional way but to build the market you need to share that the knowledge first yeah? and you need to build trust and you need to build awareness about the, the, the capabilities of the new technologies that we are offering obviously that's about this three-step approach it's not something that i was uh, intentionally doing is because <laughs> uh, it it, uh, it like seemed quite natural because I myself by the background I'm not a salesperson I'm not a I don't have a business degree I'm a scientist and an engineer so I just do what uh, I know better <laughs> is <laughs> uh, I just talk about what uh, I know better so maybe it's it was just like nature like that. That's the Fedor. And, and you know, Suzanne, you put it very nicely into those three points in terms of what the approach should be. And it's not the approach, but it's the mindset, as you, as you rightly said. And it's, it's the mindset of uh, that needs to change uh, where you don't put your product first, but you're really putting uh, the value you're giving first. I think that's, that's very important to look at. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and this technology has really evolved in the last decade, right? It is not what it was 10 years back. You know, it was primarily prototyping, primarily very basic applications. But now you're looking at taking that same technology and putting into a serial production or you're looking at production applications. So do you see that the narrative in terms of marketing has changed? Because that also needs to change, right? Because we were earlier looking at prototyping. Now we are looking at pushing it into the next cycle, let's say, for serial production. Uh, yeah, this is probably the question that I can uh, try to take. Uh, first of all, uh, yeah, that's uh, for sure that 3D printing is on a race uh, through like within the last decade. And uh, I think it's, uh, there was a big hype. And I think it's important to understand that there was a first hype wave. Yeah, and now we are experiencing a bit of a a second one and a different one. So the first hype was mostly associated with uh, with more consumer focus. So it was more a hope that it's going to be this next big thing, kind of, and with a 
more promises in the more consumer segment, which built a lot of hype, which built big awareness, but it had no real value and no real use cases, actually. So that's why this wave has actually gone and it created quite some confusion at the moment, which is now causing a bit of a problem for the for the market. But that's uh, something that we can probably discuss later. But actually, it, it raised a lot. It created a lot of awareness and interest from financial world, from venture capitalists. So there is now like more more money, more cash flow into the new technologies, into the startups in the field. But now the second wave that we are having is obviously much more. It's a B2B. So we now agree. I think everyone agrees now that 3D printing is, is industrial technology and industrial manufacturing technology. And it's much more focused on solving particular problems of particular industries by offering solutions for that. So now it's more about real use cases and uh, showing real use cases with solving real customer problems rather than giving a promise of, of right future for uh, in a consumer segment, let's say. But however, yeah, the technologists... Uh, last decade evolved significantly and now we have a whole wide range of i don't know hundreds of different uh, technologies in different technological domains and each actually uh, helping to solve uh, uh, real user problems uh, and that's i think uh, that's a good one I think this also means that a lot of marketing narratives are taking place in parallel right now, like hundreds or thousands, which is again addressing what I just mentioned, that thought leadership is becoming more and more important to prove the value of your technology to really stand out of the crowd and um, build awareness for your specific technology. Yeah, so I think, Fedor, you put it in really great terms that where there was a first wave where there was a lot of hype and where it was more prototyping, but there was some misplaced uh, expectations but now i think in the second time here where there are a lot of more companies more who are looking at it as a b2b industrial technology and are providing the necessary uh, support i think that's that's a great uh, point you make uh, but of course as we see in the last uh, two years it's been a challenging environment right it's a very dynamic environment where offline events aren't are not happening like they did earlier there are different avenues for marketing teams to look at digital activities but, but we are in kind of a transition, right? So people are not comfortable here or there. So what, what do you feel, how, do, how has the marketing approaches changed, let's say in the last two years? So what would your thoughts be? Can I go first? <laughs> okay. So uh, first of all, I believe that we won't go back to normal. I think that many traditional sales and marketing teams hope that we will go fully back to face-to-face -face meetings and that miraculously virtual events will stop to exist and physical trade shows come back full-time. But I don't think that will happen. I do think we need to step outside of our comfort zones whenever the market context is changing, though, and this is happening right now. And um, there is an interesting survey from McKinsey that just got published. Um, they found out that basically sales channels have shifted drastically from face-to-face -to -face toward digital interaction. They say that two-thirds of corporate customers prefer digital or remote 
person engagement whenever they have a choice throughout every stage of their purchasing journey. So this means hands-on for sales and marketing teams, we all have to adapt our resources to also shift from traditional face-to-face to digital enabled sales interaction like live video conferences, webinars, human chatbots. Um, the focus though will always be on human interactions because this kind of intimacy between people that is the core component of trust and um, B2B decision makers, they need um, to uh, adapt to this new behavior. And I also think it means that we can grow even faster. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, I agree, but maybe just partially (laughs) because I'm still, uh, I still like physical events much more than online. And due to many topics, first of all, it's uh, emotional attachment and engagement that is still hard to get at the same level at online meetings but I think that uh, it is uh, it is an inevitable trend and we and the most of the problems that we currently have and we we see with the uh, with and I still think that online meetings are a bit less efficient but <laughs> uh, uh, compared to the physical ones but I think one of the reasons is that we are just in the beginning and we are still getting used to because we, we got used to, uh, to, to physical meetings and we can um, and we know how to build relations through physical meetings and we're still learning how to do it through online meetings because yeah as Susie said in B2B trust is the most important thing and, and it's also um, a personal trust it's the trust on the different levels and i think actually online instruments are in this case are will still develop further to help people to communicate better in terms of building trust and uh, emotional and emotion transfer because i think this is important component of uh, of building this trust and obviously, there are much more different tools, many more tools that uh, we can make through online, which we're not using at the moment, like emojis that can help to, to share emotions and something else uh, that uh, will pop up, which will make online meetings more efficient, maybe yeah. more efficient yeah. in terms of uh, how online meetings are. And, you know, I also disagree or agree you know, it's a debatable point, but uh, being from India, I think here it's a very interaction-based transactions, right? Where people want to meet you in person to go ahead with the discussion and trust is the major factor everywhere. But, uh, and of course, I may be biased because our main business is trade shows. So I don't want to really talk, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, about them, but then I feel we will have to be more dynamic, right? We have to uh, be open and flexible. I think that's the right approach uh, for what I'm understanding from your insights into this. It's important to be open and flexible and dynamic because environments will not be the same as we were in because digital obviously offers more. uh, If you look at marketing, it offers analytics, it offers uh, the right, you know, uh, decision-making capability, which perhaps offline may be intangible. Digital offers a very tangible approach, but I think a mix of both would be great for, you know, taking it ahead. 
And I think this is where, where like uh, new industries like additive manufacturing, which is in general, it's more flexible, it's more open to, to new things. It's not as rigid as all industries. So we can, I think we as industry, we can adopt new practices better. And this is how we will win. <laughs> Because in any case, we are we are disrupting. You know, we are disrupting traditional markets. We are disrupting traditional manufacturing. So we have to win over the traditional ones. And uh, our uh, the new things that we do easier are actually helping us because we are a bit ahead of the of the trends. No, that's great. I think that's a great uh, you know conversation. I'm sure everyone listening to this will have their own views and their uh, thought processes based on their. Bias, not biases, but their beliefs. I think that's 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 a uh, right way to put it. Uh, so uh, to kind of conclude our discussion today, of course, marketing is a large subject and it can be a topic which we discuss over length for hours together. But uh, just to kind of sum up our today's uh, discussion, what would you know both of your five takeaways be for companies who are looking to adopt you know marketing strategies with suit uh, disruptive technologies like additive manufacturing? I can start, uh, but I will only place a few. So Peter has also some slots. Um, I would say focus on creating aha moments uh, for the target audience, because when you have an aha moment, this will help most to build brand awareness and do that consistently, consistently publish your content as much as possible. So you can stay on top of mind and become the first person your audience thinks of whenever a need an opportunity arises. I also would recommend expose your experts with speaking engagements, um, with interviews in media, podcasts, or guest blogging. Try to create buzz around their know-how for your audiences. And it's not a secret tip, but um, I'm a huge fan of LinkedIn. I think that the AM industry is at home uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, we will find basically every player on LinkedIn and also our audiences. So there is... I guess it's important to focus on that channel when it comes to communication with target audiences as well. Peter, what do you want to add? Yeah, I just want, what I just want to add is that it is important, again, to focus. And that's what we touched briefly in, in the beginning, that technologies and solutions, they start to, to segment and each technology offers, it has a value proposition for a certain audience and it's very important to identify your audience or audiences and focus on them by translating the value uh, and not uh, overpromising and of course uh, focusing on the use cases and problem solving of, of your audience to help them uh, to help your audience to uh, to understand the value that your technology uh, can bring and uh, this is i think important and uh, yeah basically creating engagement uh, going along with your customer for through the whole journey from from the first acquaintance and helping helping customers to be successful so not just selling or or but oh, helping the customer along the way. And this is what you can also uh, do with marketing by creating a community, an active community where people can talk about their 
uh, use cases and problems to, that they are looking to solve with um, AM. So create this dialogue for, for a long-term engagement with, uh, uh, with the users. Yeah, that sounds great. I think that's great to hear from both, uh, you know, Suzanne, you coming from a core marketing, you know, uh, outlook, Fedor coming from a technology outlook. I think it's a great uh, combination because this is important for people to understand as well. Because that combination is important. It cannot be pure marketing or it cannot be pure technology uh, push as well. So it's important to blend it together. And, uh, you know, great conversation with both of you today and, and wish you luck with all your endeavors uh, moving ahead. Thank you, Aditya. Thank you so much. It was was great pleasure talking to you. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thank you for tuning in for yet another episode of AIM Infocast. I'm sure you found this conversation insightful. Do tune in to all our episodes of AIM Infocast on amchronicle.com or on your favorite podcast app, including Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast.